You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 47. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. Hey, Jessica. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We're laughing because it's like our energy is kind of like crazy, right? We've had a lot of jam-packed weeks trying to meet a deadline for our course and yeah, yeah. get ready for spring break. When I made these notes, like few days ago, right? I was like, we have this jam-packed week. We are reaching this March 1st deadline to share this course with you guys. And then just like 10 PM last night, (laughs) (laughs) then just last night, our friend and course editor sent us a loving note that just basically in summary was like, you're amazing, but (laughs) you're amazing. This course is not ready. Well, she didn't say the course is not ready. She just said, how, what do you think of a April 1st launch date? (laughs) And so we were like, okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because we were both open to developing something that we can be proud of and for me, I, in my mind, I was like trying to overcome so much perfectionism and just thinking like, Hey, we set a deadline. We just got to do something, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's B minus or C plus work, like it's just going to be. And then we can always like build on top of that. But then this was like confirmation of like, no, Jessica, it's not your perfectionist brain there. We, we are capable of more and we want to, we want to give that to you guys. So yeah, we were like, okay, we're going to aim for April 1st instead of March 1st. But all of the wind kind of got sucked out of me this morning. Like I had, you know, this morning I was going to get up, go for my run, get dressed because we were going to film our welcome videos, which was like the final piece to the course. And then I still like actually have not even showered yet today because that just kind of got like (laughs) the wind was just blown out of me. And I'm not like sad about it because I just know like it is going to be better and that's what we want. But there's just kind of that adrenaline that I had just Mm -hmm. like died. (laughs) Well, I have the opposite feeling to be honest with you. So it was actually a little bit of a relief because I was starting to feel that like, I know it's not quite right, but I haven't had time to figure out, is it something that is a very quick fix that can be done now? Like, or like in next two week, days, in two days, <laughs> I've been working so hard on like trying to like get the videos to be and just get them done. And, and so then just like really thinking about, does the flow of this make sense? Like, how are we going to manage all the great responses that people will have, you know, when they can ask a question and give their response to in live time about the mm-hmm. videos and cause it's going to be interactive. So I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Good. But also bummed because I wanted to go into spring break just like scotch free, you yeah. know, and be like, okay, when I go back to spring break, I got a whole new like project plan. But no, what's that project? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. And so yeah. I, I have a, I'm, I'm excited and I'm glad that the adrenaline was turned down for me today. Totally. Cause the anxiety is not <clears throat> fun, but I still have anxiety because I'm like, we don't, we haven't even talked to this friend yet to know exactly what we need to be redoing. So these are all changing. speculative. So of this course, is- <laughs> of course our brain goes to worst possible case scenario. My brain's like, we're just going to have to redo the entire thing. <laughs> and I assured you that that is not going to be the case. I'm just happy because when I get 
really high adrenaline, you know, I sweat buckets in my armpits. And so I am so thankful that I get to turn down the volume of my armpits. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. This podcast comes out March 7th. So if you were someone paying attention and really hoping for that March 1st launch, it's still coming. Hang tight. And if you have, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about our online course called Foundations. And this is laying the foundation for future you. And it's basically giving you all of the bullet points or pillars of what we teach educationally to our one-on-one clients. And then we're giving you like a taste of one-on-one interaction. So it's not going to be as in-depth as if you were a one-on-one client where you're getting really like customized like nutrition therapy or coaching, but you get a taste of that along with all of the educational tidbits so that you can venture out on your own and, and be on the path towards making change that feels good to you both physically and mentally. So stay tuned for that in the late March, early April timeframe. Yeah. It's good. It's spring energy. Right. Exactly. We keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways it creeps in, which is why we are shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Jessica? As if we needed more deadlines yesterday, I was like, we have two podcasts to record. I got to go scrolling for some ads. And I spent actually a lot of time with a critical eye trying to get an algorithm to show me something that was diet related. And I really had a hard time finding something. So the algorithm either has me figured out, maybe I need to start clicking on more things. I'm not really sure what's going on in the diet. You got to Google some stuff. And then next thing you know, it'll all be there. I know. Yeah. Google things that you are not willing to Google for yourself. Well, and sometimes, you know, I take screenshots of stuff because I'll see it and I know I'll forget it or you won't find it again. So I was going through my photos and I'm like, what do I have? And so something that I came across was this screenshot I took from people magazines. It was their Instagram account. Okay. And it was about Selena Gomez, which I'm not like loyalist to Selena Gomez, but you know, she's a popular celebrity and the headline read, Selena opens up about gaining weight due to lupus medication. And my first response was like, God, like, why is this news? People just leave the girl alone. But I was like, all right, I'm going to do. I'm yeah. She do- can't have lupus and a kidney transplant. We just can't leave her alone. Like we got to just keep dragging yeah. her. Come on now. Yeah. So I clicked on it and then I realized actually she was the one that posted on TikTok, but I'm not sure if it was prompted in some other way. It's probably because people were asking her about it. Yeah. I'm sure she gets comments on every photo that are like, you look like you've gained weight or even worse comments like that, you know? And so she just felt the need to address it for whatever reason. And she did say, she was like, I just... This is a quote. I encourage anyone out there who feels shame for what they are going through and nobody knows the real story and then know that you're beautiful and wonderful. And I'd rather be healthy and take care of myself, which was key. And then she went on to say, I'm not a model and I never will be. And I don't believe in shaming people for body or anything like that. So I was like, okay, this actually was you know, not what I was expecting to see based off the headline. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, annoyed with people and 
you know, as media does, they always make the headline about weight. When I was like, why couldn't they have written how Selena Gomez prioritizes her health or something of that nature instead right. of just all about the weight right out of the gate? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know Selena Gomez's music. Like if I had to like pick it out of a lineup of other pop stars, I would really struggle. My daughter's been <laughs> listening to Taylor Swift on repeat. So I've got that down now. So then I was like, well, all right, what are like the stories about just celebrities and weight in general? And so then you think about the stories about like Rebel Wilson and Jonah Hill and Adele for their weight loss. And then, you know, those that gain weight, like Selena Gomez and Kelly Clarkson and stuff like that, they get dragged no matter what. If they gain weight, people like drag them in the media. If they lose weight, they drag them in the media. Totally. It's They're like, like, you look too skinny now. Like, what have you done? Or it's like, why did you do it? And they're just yeah. like, we're my health. So what if they said, because I want to, you know, like, doesn't matter. Right. And I love how like Jonah Hill, like addressed at some point, like you don't get to comment on my body changing period. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that women try to say that as well, but no one honors their boundaries around that either. So, and I'm not going to say that I don't notice these things in people, right? It's like, I'm not like blind. (laughs) So so just because I think like, maybe this shouldn't be news doesn't mean that I'm some kind of like Buddha who just doesn't see human bodies, right? right? Like I make these observations sometimes myself, but I'm also reminding myself like, okay, like that's just an observation and like, it doesn't right. matter and it's not my business. And I just move on with my life. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, right. It's like, oh, she's a different, she looks different. Hmm. All right. Moving on. Like, yeah. I don't go and be like, what is, she, what has Rebel been doing and why? And uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating because these are literal strangers, you know, and it (laughs) it brings up like like, celebrity culture in general, where we like think we know these people or we think we're entitled to their information. And like, in a way they are living public lives, but also like, again, why can't we talk about other more interesting things in in relation to them? Like what book did Rebel Wilson read recently? (laughs) Right. I know. I love like the interviews where they ask, like, you know, they've got a panel of the actors on the stage and I think Scarlett Johansson gets like really raked for this she like they'll ask the males all sorts of like benign questions and they'll ask her something related to like just like yep. so so yeah, like what field. she's wearing or how she got in shape for the robe and she's like why don't or you what ask her me underwear that is yeah. or something there was something about her like and she was like really we're gonna we're gonna they get to be asked about x y and z and then y'all are asking me about my underpants like oh it was like i don't remember the thing of it because it was in a scrolling situation and i didn't want to click on it so yeah yeah. it's just so common you had put this note here like did you google celebrity weight and then did because the things yeah so i was like curious like what comes up if you hit if you google and celebrity weight the things that follow it that are the most looked up and it is top is like weight loss weight loss drug weight gain weight loss 2022 the weight loss shot before and after ozempic diabetes medication and weight loss secrets and i'm like Cool. Most of those are related to Zipic and those similar drugs. That's good. 
but I'm not surprised, right? Like yeah. that is the hot button issue topic issue at the moment. So yeah, I actually was looking at this. I just saw this right before we got on, which is that New York magazine now has an article about Ozempic. I haven't read it yet, but one of them was like a question that's like, is Ozempic moving the goalpost? Because if everyone's on Ozempic, does that mean that the people that aren't on it are now overweight where they weren't overweight prior? Like, are we like changing the entire like BMI scale or something? And I was like, what? Huh. I don't really think that's the case. I have to go read it and I'll, I'll get back to you on what it says. But I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Even, I had to take a break from reading about those. Well, things. I saw it said, come up, but I was like, I can't read the it. The first thing it says is, weren't we supposed to have moved on from Ozempic and the culture of blithingly celebrating skinniness? We're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then they're like, but we're not. So here's what we think about that. <sighs> Fascinating. <sighs> yeah. Maybe I'll read it on the plane or something. Okay. Anyway, on to our topic for today. I thought it would actually be fun and interesting about health tracking devices, more specifically, why we would, you would want to use them and the pros and cons of them. So I think that's a great topic because we often use blood glucose monitors with our clients to help them find connections between the types of foods that they eat and how it's affecting blood sugar and their energy and things like that. But there's, mm-hmm. yes, there's other devices and you and I have talked about them and I'm looking forward to talking about them here. Yeah, so today we're going to be mostly talking about the Libre Continuous Glucose Monitor and then the Lumen device, which is something that you breathe into so you can know what to eat for the day. Like that's how the ads are. I get so many ads for this Mm -hmm. device even before I clicked on it to learn more about it recently, but now it's even more so. And then to a lesser degree, we will briefly mention the smart scales, the aura ring, and then general fitness trackers like Fitbit and Apple watch. And a full disclaimer is that I do actually use some of these health tracking devices. I have some personal experience with some of them, but not all of them. The others I do, as I just mentioned, get as for at the wazoo. Jessica, have you used any of these <sighs> devices or I mean, now I have, or in the past? I have monitored my glucose for a short stint. And I think is that when we did the finger pricking? Yeah, one I was doing the finger were available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of to your point, it's like they're all very interesting. I think it gets to a point of like, how much attention do I really want to give this? Because I am in a good place. (laughs) So like, is this going to be too much? You know, like, do I really need this? I am interested in some of them. I mean, I do like the idea of a smart scale, but I don't really weigh myself that often. So I'm like, is this really valuable information? Like, I don't know. So Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Maybe it will be valuable. Maybe you'll keep the same stance. For the benefit of the business, I was thinking like maybe I should try the Lumen just because I'm so curious and I know that I, like I didn't think you had done it yet, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Okay, so I want to start with the continuous glucose monitor. The most common one that is used is the Libre 2. So there are several companies that offer this up as a direct-to-consumer, meaning that you don't have to go through have a, a diabetes, type 1 or type 2, and go through your doctor to get a prescription. You sign on with these companies and their doctor on staff will prescribe it to you and mail it to you. And then you use their app 
like example is very VERI stable or um, NutriSense. There are a couple of others that I can't remember yeah, all the names. Yeah, I was looking at like Cygnos, but some of them are a lot oh, yeah. more so expensive Cygnos than others. Oh, yeah. So Cygnos uses the Dexcon um, system. Is that what it is? It's the other continuous glucose monitor, which I found interesting because that one is definitely is one of the main ones that's used for type one. So all back these, all these continuous glucose monitors were originally designed for type one diabetic patients and often part of their insulin pump system. So, you know, whether they have what's called a closed loop system or open loop. So this having these types of devices was like game changer because they used to for, you know, years and years and years have to prick their fingers many times a day to adjust their insulin and carb levels. And so now that they have this, it's a little bit more streamlined in terms of like how they can adjust their insulin pumps or if they're giving it through in, you know, the, you know, the standard injection way. Um, same thing for type two diabetes. It, um, they started to be used in that population to further support their glucose monitoring because in my experience, because I had started with the type 2 diabetes population in grad school because that's what I did my research on, and a lot of them do not consistently check their blood sugar because it hurts and it's a pain in the butt and they take the medicine and they don't have insulin associated with it. But a few of them would check more than others, and so that's how you know they would be, you know share and support group like, oh, I can eat, you know, the raisin brand, but I can't eat a potato. And this lady would be like, well, if I ate raisin brand, there's no way it would totally, you know, it would really spike her out. So I'm really thankful that type two diabetes population works because now it's giving them much more information about blood sugar and really being able to be like, what is working for you and what's not working for you? And how can we start to bring your blood sugar down? So you're less likely to have long-term complications from disease progression. So then somewhere along the way, a few years ago, the CGMs got really popular with functional medicine. So I heard about it first was at the functional medicine training conference and then the biohacking anti-aging groups. And so they have started to use it for non-diabetes population because the spikes, if they are frequent, even though they might come down relatively quickly, you're still then triggering those inflammation pathways whenever it goes above a certain amount. And anything above 180, you start spilling glucose into your urine and so on and so forth. So they kind of all got into it to start seeing like, how can we use this on an individual level to promote health? And then I personally have been using one on and off for the past year and a half. And it was just a trial just to see what it was like. But it turns out I actually really like it. I don't wear one continuously like all the time. So like I might want to wear one for a month and then pause my membership and then wait another month or two and put in another one. But I've been wearing it more consistently lately. Mm -hmm. And then I have clients that use them as well that do and do not have type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And what I love about it is like your little surprises of, oh, yeah, like this should be maybe a lower glucose containing food, but this is what actually spiked my blood sugar versus something that maybe we thought would actually spike your blood sugar. And my husband did it because he really needed to make some of those connections as Mm -hmm. well. And even the feedback I get from clients is like, oh, like they're learning those little things that 
may affect them that don't necessarily, they're not like in popular health culture of like, oh, this is a food that will spike your blood sugar. So you're getting a lot more data and then it's unique to you and your body and how you process carbs basically. Yeah. I like to think of these CGMs as part of our data, not drama mantra. Yeah. I'll also say they're not perfect. No, (laughs) they're not perfect. I have a client who texted me a screenshot. She's like, very disranked my Oreos 10 out of 10 as a food that is, you know, great for me. (laughs) I was like, well, I would be curious what you had. Oh, because she put it into the very app. And then yeah, they, you know, so they yeah, score how yes. your blood sugar did. Yeah. Yes. Very well score how your blood sugar does when you track the foods that you're eating. And uh-huh. so she just tracked like this, you know, dessert, which she happened to have a few Oreos. And she was like, very is saying that this actually is great. <laughs> I, was <laughs> like, I was like, okay, well, this isn't the end all be all, right? Uh-huh. This is just some data. And I'd be curious, like, what did you do right before? What did you do right after? Like, were you moving? Were you eating? You know, like you have to look at the bigger picture because again, it's not to be like, oh, Oreos are health food because it works in my body. It's like, okay, this is just an interesting scenario. <laughs> Yes, correct. And so what, you know, why I had a, I have a client and what we were noticing was fruit at night wouldn't necessarily raise his blood. It would like a banana always raised the blood sugar. And then, but if you had like, say grapes at night, it might be go up a little bit, but what actually happened was like the next day he started out higher. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like ending the day and starting the day at a much higher level. So anyways, we were able to adjust nighttime snacks. People with and without type 2 diabetes, we make these small adjustments. We don't make these sweeping changes. We're like, well, what's happening now? And then how can we adjust? And so we just have continued to refine and refine and refine. And his blood sugar is, is daily averages have come down significantly since we started. And it's really great. So I'm not going to toot my own horn for all that because, you know, he's the one, the one that has to make the choices. (laughs) You know, it's like he loves bread and he just kept seeing over and over and over again, bread's not my friend. And, but so now I arm him with, okay, when you still want the bread, these are the things to do before and after you have the bread. Yeah. How do you balance it? How do you move your body? Like yeah. what, what time of day might be best for you? And and even then it's still not, you have to hit that every time. We're not aiming striving for perfection. It's just, right. these are some tips to help support because the fewer times that you can have those constant spikes, the better off your body is going to feel long-term. Right. So like I posted on Instagram stories this past weekend about my blood sugar Cause I, on Saturday morning, I went to this, oh, this local are in the neighborhood bakeries called Thoroughbreds. So good. They make so fresh good. bread. Their cookies are, are to insane. die for. Oh, we got one. I bought one, but I don't think I came home with one. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> where did it go? <laughs> I'm like, where did that sucker go? It just occurred to me. And I'm like, unless it's in the, did somebody in your family's? eat it it's possible i'm like because they're so big that we actually split one cookie for the four of us because they're so yeah, big that you have to you know way, anywho so i they have this thing called the dorito which essentially is like a fresh made hot pocket oh so it's like 
God, I love Hot Pockets, or I used to. I haven't had a Hot Pocket in I don't even know how long. Okay, but- well, now you can get a fresh made Hot Pocket. Like, the dough is, like, all fresh. It's so good, and it's got, like, yummy, like, eggs on the inside, and you can get ham and cheese or avocado and something and or ham and egg and cheese. So there's three. There's two with meat, two without meat. Oh, it's like a burrito with dough. I was like, is this, like, a but? Not a flour, but it's not a flour tortilla. It's bread dough, which is why it's like a hot pocket. Okay, it's like a fresh hot pocket, with obviously the dough being way better than yeah. So, anyways, it's called it the Dorito because it is shaped, but it's a hot pocket. Anyways, delicious. Didn't think anything about it whatsoever. Was not considering my blood sugar, and then I was like, I was getting all ready, and I was getting ready to sit down to do some work. So I had to do some work for the course, finish up some stuff, and I sit down and I check my blood sugar, and it's like going through the roof. It's like one seventy something, and I was like, oh snap! <laughs> so, and the arrow is pointing upward, like it, the trend is that it's going to keep going up. So I get up. And I start like running and place and doing squats and stuff like that. And then I check it again and it's like going up into the one eighties and I was like, Oh no. And so then I just like started like running around the house. And then I was like, all right, well, I don't have any more time to give to this. It's going to be what it's going to be. I used up some of this and that's going to go into my muscles. And then sure enough, I looked, you know, after I was done working and it came down very quickly and it was fine. So did I want it to go that high? No, but I definitely probably would have gone into the 200. I guarantee I would have gone up to 200 had I not moved around. Yeah. Yeah. What's the highest you've ever gone? Um, Like high 180s. Okay. Yeah. Because I think Josh went like 250 once. <laughs> <sighs> it was yeah. after a bowl of pho. Oh, because the noodles. Well, noodles. yeah, it's like all noodles, and then the broth is not fatty like a ramen broth, right. you know. So there wasn't a lot, of, and then it was a vegan. He gets the vegan one with the beef broth, so there's not like a lot of protein in there either. So it's just straight noodles. Yeah, but anyway, I guess the point is too is like your mindset has to be in a good place for this type of tool yeah. because this is not meant to drive obsession. Right. Right. I was in a good place. I know I knew that was going to spike, but I ate it anyway. And then the rest of the day, I just made sure to make sure I had a little bit less fast carbs and put carbs with friends, proteins, fiber, fat. So that's all, you know, it's just like, it's looking in that. So sorry, go ahead. I wasn't saying anything. Yeah. Well, we want the people to be in the good mindset of it. So yeah. But overall, we're down with CGM. The cons are really the cost when you're using it in a non-diabetes state because normally you can't get insurance to cover it if you do not have type 1 or type 2 diabetes. There are a few, very few insurance company plans that will cover if you are pre-diabetic, but that is not actually very easy. And so if you can get your doctor to prescribe it for you, knowing that you'll be cash paid at the pharmacy, I think it's in the neighborhood of like $75 at the pharmacy. Some doctors won't do it. They won't prescribe their clients the Libre, even if they tell them they'll pay cash for it at the pharmacy. 
So then if you still want to do it, then you can use a company like Very, where I think it's $209, $200, somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark for two sensors. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. And then NutriSense is a little bit more, but they do it more long-term and then they offer some more services that we don't use. So And then like Cygnos was like exponentially more. Really? Yeah. Cause wow. I was thinking like, Oh, well, it's another option for clients. And I was like, not this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hadn't looked into um, it. Can you think of any other cons? There's just like the entry to learning something new. There's like a learning curve with oh, setting right. up the apps. You know, you got to be a little tech savvy and kind of just figure it out. I like to give clients like challenges because they're not like being like, okay, now try to eat this and see what happens. So I will do that for them. And, you know, based off what I know they're already doing. So yeah. like, try this regular breakfast that you like, and then let's try to adjust it and see, you know, how that makes a difference. So I like to do those things because very, what was that first one you did where they actually gave you like a laundry oh, list of experiments? That was uh, Zoe, Z-O-E. So Zoe, and that was yeah. cool. Like, so they were looking at you from how are you, cause they did blood spot testing too. Like they sent you muffins, these scientific muffins that were just disgusting, <laughs> but cause they had different carb to fat ratios in them. And so then you would test, do blood sugar and blood spot with them. And so to see how you were handling fats, you would wear the glucose monitor and they would see like, okay, now eat this now drink this. And so you had like a thing you had to do almost every day to see what your was. And then at the end, they sent you a whole report, but it was more than just blood sugar. It was like related to your gut bacteria, most likely. Uh, Yeah. Had gut bacteria, how you handle fats and glucose. Hmm. It was a whole thing. What was the one where you drank the sugar, you know, the drink that you drink? That was Zoe. Yeah, it was. Okay. Cause I was like, that's gives me PTSD from pregnancy and doing the glucose test. Yeah, that was terrible. I felt awful. (laughs) I'm like, whatever I have to do to avoid drinking that ever again, please. It's disgusting. Yeah. I don't know. And then I guess other cons is like, sometimes they fall out. And so it's like, I don't know. I feel like you can always contact them and say, Hey, this fell out. Like it's supposed to last for two weeks and, it only lasts three days and they usually will send you a yep. replacement. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, you have to hang on um, to it though. They ask you to mail it back. You, not every time, but most of the time. Um, Cause they want to make sure, you know, there wasn't something off. I don't know why it makes no sense to me. I can't imagine they're actually analyzing all these ones that just get ripped out. Very does send you a patch. Like they send you a patch, but I don't find it uncomfortable. I just moved mine closer to the inside of my arm. So still in that, that rich area of my tricep, but a little bit further in. And so now I'm less like, I I haven't ripped one out since I changed location. I've had a client or two that were like more just embarrassed to wear it. Like they just were like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be, you know, like, oh, I saw somebody at the pool with one of these and, you know, I had judgments about them and now I'm going to be that person. And I was like, oh, so, you know, we had to like talk through that, but there could be a lot of reasons why, you know, trying something new can be challenging, but yeah, if it's not I for ask, you, it's not for you. People ask me all the time, like, like my family gets like all worried. I'm like, no, I just am curious. Like, it's really interesting to me. I just like enjoy wearing them and getting the data and it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Lumen. Yeah. So I don't have one of these or know anyone that does. I'm going off of that. I learned about it from ads and then getting curious about it. And going and 
learning on their website, but then searching YouTube videos uh, of reviews from people that didn't get sponsored by it. Like there was one guy that's like, I pay for all of my things that I try out and stuff like that. Their claim and tagline is hack your metabolism, enhance fat burn, start your day knowing what you should eat. And to me, that's like, I, do I get to eat carbs today? Like that's my negative Nancy, like, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I actually saw they have a lot of people like promoting it. Like I think it was Dr. Mark Hyman or whatever was like, um, yeah, they're like, I'm a functional medicine doctor and I use Lumen. He's on their website as on their advisory board or something. Yeah. So they have a lot of like, you know, high, you know, I don't know what you call them, like people who are in functional medicine and, you know, in top tier health and wellness industry people that, you know, have a lot of followers and stuff that are promoting it. And I actually thought about ordering it for just the sake of the business to see, you know, my own review on it. Cause I've had a couple of clients ask me about it and they're like, Oh, really? I haven't had any clients ask me about it. Cause they're like, is this just another like diet tool or, you know, is it actually helpful? And I was like, well, it could be either, right? Like, it depends really more on your mindset than the tool. And yeah. also, since I haven't tried it, I don't know necessarily exactly what it's promoting. So I'm like, I well, think one of us should do it. But you said you didn't really want to. So yeah, well, let me want- tell you a little bit more about like what it does. Okay, so you blow into it and it reads your CO2, your carbon dioxide. And then a little side note, there is a similar but different device for health professionals that you can buy for office use and it will measure your acetone levels, which is also a byproduct of keto and fat burning. So anyways, you blow into the lumen. They definitely want in the morning and then at night, and then you can do it as many times as you want throughout the day. And it will give you a score one to five. And the scoring is one and two. You're in that good fat burning zone. And then this is apparently where they want you to be. So you get like praised by the little app on your phone <laughs> if you're in the one and two. And then three is it sounded like you're still burning. So fat. Again, I haven't used this specifically, but what I could gather is that it sounded like you're still using some fat, but still pushing into carbs for fuel. And then a four or five is that you aren't really using fat for fuel. And so it's essentially a way to track if you're using fat for energy for weight loss. And is it just testing if you're in ketosis or not? Like, do you have to be? I think so. And then, but on one review, he did say like, sometimes it would tell me to eat a little bit more carbs that day. Oh, interesting. And, um, but again, since I haven't used it, I can't time it up to like how it goes with like my workouts and like what my goals would be. But the thing is, is like we do need to use carbohydrates for energy sometimes, you know, especially if you lift weights or are doing other power based activities. And so, I mean, also, I wouldn't recommend this for somebody that is getting into exercise and fitness and we have blood sugar metabolic stuff we need to shift first. Like I would, this would not be helpful for that because I do need them to use those carbohydrates. This doesn't really educate you on anything. Right. It's just telling you, am I burning fat or am I not burning fat? That's which what it is seems like. like yeah. So I don't know. Well, I think maybe we should dive into it. Maybe I should do it and just find out because 
I don't know. It seems like with the glucose monitor, it's very specific data. That's like, it's not judging you. It's not telling you like, oh, I mean, yes, it'll tell you if your glucose is out of range. Right. But this is just like a score that's made up. And it's like, what is the score based on? (laughs) Your CO2 burning fat. So I think you really, really need to be in a good place with about your body image and mental health and healthy relationship with food here. And like, and then why are you using it? Like, what are the goals that you have that you haven't been able to get to? And maybe this does help you because I think it does run a risk of getting obsessed with being in that one, two range. And so Mm -hmm. then you're not eating foods. And so now you're stressing over food and things like that. And we want people to be gathering information about themselves, but also having that nice, healthy relationship with food and what they eat. And they're not afraid of what to eat and things like that. And I will say that some of their ads are very diet culture-y. I do remember that I had saved one of these where it's like a 20 something blonde girl. She looks very fit. She's doing push ups in that sort of exhausted info commercial like way. And like, do you feel frustrated by this? Let me save you with my product. And then, or she is the other one. She's like laying on the couch in her tiny workout clothes, frustrated <laughs> and tired by what she should do. And then she happily is blowing into her lumen device. And the next thing you know, she's like, you know, rocking her happy weight loss self. But I'm like, her body is the same in all of them. She just changed her sports bra. <laughs> like, yeah. Different. Like, so I find them like really, I don't like the ads. I, you know, that's already a very smaller f- body fit person and claiming how now she has more weight loss goals and fat burning that she wants to do. It's very diet culture-y. So yeah. I don't know. So to me, that is my thing, but it, the pros are, you, if you are in a good place and you want to learn about what your body is doing and you, maybe you've been stuck in a, in a spot and you just need to make some tweaks, then sure, give it a shot. It's like a nice. minimum six month plan for the app or what. Oh, so, but, really? um, oh, I thought you could do it for like a month. No, six months. That sounds too long. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do it. I mean, you can pay the six months and then not finish it. I'm not going to do that. Well, that's not like, that's the last thing I would want to do. If I'm going to pay it, I'm going to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. So again, con, I think it could bring up some old or restrictive eating habits and get obsessive about it. So, and I want people to be in a healthy relationship with all kinds of food. So this one's a maybe for me. The reviews are a solid four out of five. Quickly, some other devices. There's the Oura Ring. I don't know what you would use this for and like the turn and like, and if people were trying to go for a weight loss, but I know that it does get used with some trainers and their programs um, using the Aura Ring. And I'm guessing it has to do with like your sleep quality and then how that messes with how your body utilizes carbohydrates the next day or, and your cortisol is higher. It's the only thing I can think of. I do have an aura ring and I do use it for sleep because I just think that's really fascinating to me for some reason. I have no idea why I don't really do anything with the data, (laughs) but I look at it every other day. It's so funny to me. And so, which I think that's okay. Like that's like, 
hey, we get the data and then you can do with it whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, every once in a while, I'll look and see what my readiness score is. And that's based on your previous day activity and your sleep. And so it'll tell you, yeah, keep going. You know, you're killing it or it'll start to go down and be like, Hey, you may not want to push yourself so much today. Or how about a rest day today? Like if you just keep working out, working out, working out at like a higher level, it'll be like, it's time for a rest. So I think those things can be really helpful. It's kind of like giving you a little bit of validation of like, gosh, I kind of feel tired. Like, should I push myself to work out? And then you're like, oh, the data is showing that maybe I really do need to rest. Yeah. And Um, it does. It always shows me every time I have like more than one glass of wine. If I have two glasses of wine or two margaritas, my heart rate variability in the night is not ideal Mm-mm. every single time. And I'm like, I know <laughs> I'm <Please>. aware. <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me well, I my feel it at 2am. Thank you. And so like, that is fun to see that it's like, Oh yeah. Like I feel it. Yeah. And then here it is right here at this spot. I have a friend chart. who uses it for her anxiety and she says it's been helpful to oh, just help bring some awareness to when she's like, because sometimes if you're feeling anxious, you're not necessarily aware of it, but you okay. just don't feel good. But yeah. now she's like, oh, I can see that my heart rate is up or that this is, or my sleep is not good. And then I can adjust and, and make some changes based off this data uh... versus just going off what I'm physically feeling. Right. Oh, that's like, cool. Well, that's good. I will say if I don't have any clients that have the aura ring, But if they were to use it, I would be looking at their sleep score so I could help them understand how they're feeling and, you know, maybe change some of their, what they eat in the morning, get started with like, you know, if you're not sleeping well, you're not supposed to start your day with coffee without food, like eat, eat with eat, drink your coffee with breakfast, because then that way you're not having that extra rise in cortisol and blood sugar first thing in the morning. So um, so that's how I would use it if any of my clients were using it. But so far, I don't think I'm in clients with it. I don't know. I don't even ask about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are the scales that have the body fat percentage measurements in it. So it weighs you and then tells you body fat, bone density, like, like how, like what, not bone density, but like how much of your weight is contributed to bone and water and things like that. Which if you're going to use a scale, right? This could be helpful. This would, it would be maybe better than a basic scale because it's at least giving you a full picture of yeah. what's going on versus it just being some cohesive number. Yeah. I have the Renfo one, which is only like 30 bucks. And then there are ones that are tied to like, there's like a Fitbit one, I think is like $200 or something like that. There are some pricier ones. I couldn't find that the more expensive ones were all that different from the $30 one. So they all are going to have their pros and cons about, you know, how reliable is it? You know, they're definitely off by, you know, a good 3%. If if I had to guess some estimates, it's up to 5%, which I don't think they're that high off, but hydration status, a hundred percent matters on these. Like, so if you're dehydrated, it's going to read funny. Um, so your hydration status needs to be good on them to get a close to more reliable result. But I don't know. I don't really use mine that often, just every once in a while. Well, this is just kind of a side note. If clients want to use this scale, we usually mm-hmm. talk about, have you decided what you're going to say to yourself or how mm-hmm. you're going to talk to yourself and treat yourself? No, like 
no matter what the scale says. So whether it's where you'd like it to see it or where you don't want to see it, we got to kind of decide ahead of time how we want to feel about that and learn that the scale doesn't determine, you know, our worth or even our mood or how our day is going to go. It's just a number. So if you're not really there with that, then don't include a scale until it's neutral. Yeah. Until it's neutral. I agree with that. All right. And then on to lastly, the Fitbit and Apple watches, I suppose they're helpful in a way. People use them for step tracking. The Apple watch, obviously, you know, you get to use as your phone. If you're an Android user, I think you can use the Fitbit as your phone and texting service as well. If you're using it as like a, say, a step counter to getting that information about your activity, because Apple has those rings that make zero sense to me. Like I don't ever look at those rings because I'm like, this is not helpful data, but people do that will read a lot of steps that aren't steps. So, you know, when I go to a concert, it tells me I've walked a whole lot, but it was really just me clapping my hands. I have checked to see if it logs my hand movements when I pet my dogs. And then sometimes I'll be work standing up and working and it'll tell me I need to stretch my legs for a bit. And I'm like, well, what, what is it that you think I've been doing? So that's, you know, sometimes they're a little bit funny that way. And then I have some clients that will use it and they're like, well, I have it as a step goal. But then if they don't get that step goal, then they get upset and then I'll be like, well, can we incorporate some weightlifting to do these other things metabolically that we need to shift and whatnot? And then they're, but then they're like, well, but then my goal will always be off because I don't have time to get all those steps in and get the weightlifting. And to me, I'm like, well, it's a little problematic if we can't adjust our mindset around a step goal. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's, that's kind of the all or nothing thinking creeping in is like, I have to hit this. And I feel like those rings reinforce that. They're like, I just, I need to see the ring close every day. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's like these moments. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's also, you have to have like something digital that's got Wi-Fi on your hand, you know, every day, which is there's pros and cons to that too. And then for me, it's also the distraction of like, when I put my phone down, I want to be away from my phone. And I don't want to see like notifications pop up because the ADD in me is like, Ooh, squirrel. Right. (laughs) So is that going to be helpful for me? But I've also heard that it saved lives. Like people who were having heart attacks. Yeah. That's how we know her auction is going down is with the watch. It's been really helpful. Yeah. So I I can see how that would be like really beneficial for some people. My husband got one because he has like uh, spikes in heart rate and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And then we finally figured out, I mean, it took a long time. Like he had gotten one of those things where, you know, we'd go to the doctor and they put it in you for two weeks to like monitor your heart rate and try to figure all that out. And it turns out whenever he would have work calls, his heart rate would go through the roof. It was all stress induced. But whenever he was like doing his like normal computer based work, he was fine. But when it turned into like the phone calls, his heart rate, not all phone calls, but Mm -hmm. like a good number of them. So So there was something about that? that aspect of his job that was really stressful, stressful, but he wasn't registering it as stressful. Like it, he didn't feel physically stressful. No. 
That's fascinating. But the watch kept telling him it was, oh, and his body does not like it when he drinks alcohol. It like... Mm. I mean, does anybody's, is well, anybody mine like- does not, my heart rate does not change <laughs> oh, that heart. significantly mm-hmm. like his does, oh, okay. you know, like his heart rate, like will go up like 20 or 30 points just within the first half glass of wine. Hmm. It's pretty crazy. Anyways, I resisted this thing for a long time, the Apple Watch, but then I was like, I want to be away from my phone. I want to be able to go for a walk on the green belt. And if I get stranded or hurt down there. I can call somebody, but then I'll have to take my phone with me. Yeah. And I like being able to see heart rate data when I do some of my workouts, but not all of them. So I don't know. It's kind of a thing. Sometimes it's like the other, this morning I was like asking my husband, I was like, have you seen my watch? I've seen it, but I don't remember where it was. (laughs) So I don't even like wear it all the time. So, yeah. When you went to orange theory and had to wear the heart rate monitors, was that helpful? I'll tell you how it was helpful for me, which is that I learned about my body because I noticed like I would be sprinting as fast as the person next to me. And I would like look up at the screen and notice that I was only in the orange or not in the red zone or whatever. Like I couldn't get my heart rate to go up enough to get ranked as if I were working hard enough. Like I just have a you know, so the teacher was like, well, you can always do like a study and go and check your, what is it? Your, is it your NO2 or like, I think I just had like a lower resting heart rate. Mm, mm-hmm. And so to get my heart rate to match their things, it didn't really work. But what is fascinating about that to me, and I wish I would have kept some of that data because that was also pre sinus surgery. Oh. So I was also probably mouth breathing more than I realized. And that means I'm not getting as much nitric oxide, which also means that my heart rate was probably not like lagging for health, but just lagging for lack of oxygen. Right. <laughs> so it was like, I would love to see what it's like now. I will say, I know that since having the sinus surgery and becoming more of a nose breather, mm-hmm. that my blood pressure is up just a hair, like in a healthy range, like in right. a good way, because I would go get blood pressure and they'd be like, oh, it'd be like 90 over something. Like oh, it would be so farts. low. Um, <laughs> and if it hit a hundred, I'd be like, oh, I'm doing good today. Right. And now it's like pretty consistently like 105, 110, you know? So it's not like increased in a negative way. I feel like it's a sign that my um, circulation is actually improved since having sinus surgery. So yeah, I don't know. The or- I mean, overall, Orange Theory in general, I'm just kind of like, it was something I did and I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. But um, I never tried it. Also, I lost after that, I lost my heart rate monitor, you know, so I just like wouldn't plug in. I'd be like, I'm just here for the workout. Like, I don't really care what my heart rate is doing. Mm, right. And they would be like, okay, like they didn't like that. <laughs> just let me work out all right okay did we miss anything is there anything in there that you can think of a device that you've heard of gosh i'm sure we are if anybody has a device that they're using that they enjoy that has been helpful for their lives please share that with us we'd love to hear about it and i'll let you know if i decide to try lumen (laughs) yeah let me know Well, I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. If you're looking to change your relationship with food and your body, 
from a whole health perspective, please visit our website, pathnutrition.com to get started. Bye. Bye, everyone.